Welcome everyone to All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast number 159, recording this on Wednesday, the 4th of November 2015. I'm Steve Litchfield. With me, I have Rafe Blanford. Yes, hello everybody. Time for another uh, All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast. Uh, I think some probably quite controversial topics this week, as well as a uh, usual chat through a couple of the features and a bit of a news roundup. Uh, so I guess we're probably going to start with the topic that's been causing most comment both in the comments on Twitter and indeed a user voice site and everywhere else, it seems. And for once, the controversy wasn't caused by me, but it was caused by, <laughs> caused by Microsoft. Yes, this is uh, Microsoft announcing changes to OneDrive. Now, people can read the story for the full details. Indeed, there's a link to an FAQ, which is particularly useful. But in essence, um, the standard 15 gigabytes you got when you signed up with OneDrive and Microsoft account, etc., that's going down to 5 gigabyte for next year. And it's not just for the people new to a Microsoft account. This is for people with existing 15 megabyte allow gigabyte allowances are getting dropped down to 5. And then you have a 90-day grace period to do something about it. And they, they've basically made the other tiers more expensive. They've said the people who have been abusing their 1 terabyte OneDrive uh, Office 365 allowance that they're going to get slashed down to the, just the, the one terabyte that was quoted and they'll have to do something about it. Um, the whole thing has caused a bit of an uproar, Rafe. They've also disallowed the camera roll allowance, you know, that you get 15 gigabyte free when you say, yes, I choose to back up my photos to OneDrive. On the one hand, I can see where they're coming from. Cloud storage is expensive. They've got to run server farms somewhere. They've got to provide bandwidth in and out of those farms. They've got to kind of make their money back somewhere. But I... The whole internet has gone up in uproar, and my, and the reason is basically that they, they're pinning all of this on the excuse that a few minority of users were abusing that one terabyte limit and uploading silly amounts. And that is absolutely not true. What they should say is, okay, we made our, we miscalculated, it's costing us more than we thought, we're going to have to reduce our quotas and just reshape everything. And at least they will be them being honest, but to blame all of this and the tremendous PR disaster just on a few users who could they could easily have said okay you guys a terabyte is the terabyte sort get your you know act together and leave everything the same but they didn't and I just feel they're being a bit disingenuous yeah I, I agree with you I think there's actually a couple of issues here um, and we can probably break this story down into components and then there's actually the how they've communicated it and actually what the whole thing implies in itself um, I can probably start with the least controversial bit, which is for those who have got the unlimited storage, that's if you're an Office 365 storage, uh, sorry, user. Uh, I actually think rowing back from unlimited to one terabyte isn't entirely unreasonable. I mean, it's going to annoy some people who are on or over the limit. Um, sure. But to me, that's kind of the, the least worst bit of this. Um, where I think they could have probably improved is actually by making an option if you wanted to use more to be able to buy it, which there isn't at the moment. So it means if you are over the limit, it's a real pain because basically you have to get stuff off there before you can kind of actively add new stuff or use it. Um, but would you agree? I mean, that seems to me uh, you know, a reasonable thing to do if people are taking advantage of kind of this unlimited offer. And when it was first announced, it kind of struck me as quite a strange thing to do and if you look at the other ones you know where there's unlimited storage you know amazon photos on the prime account and google photos where you know it's restricted to photos and actually they will downsample them to kind of keep the the space manageable i think microsoft sort of um shot itself in the foot in the way it announced it in the first place here 
Yeah, I would actually uh, reply to your question with another question, actually, Rafe, is that you and I both Office 365 members. We both have a terabyte in the cloud. I don't know about you, but I'm only up to a couple of tens of gigabyte. And you're a really heavy user of Microsoft's OneDrive and these services and also of Office 365 in general. Just how, how many gigabytes have you used so far? I'm using about 150 gigabytes. Uh, but that's because I do have a whole bunch of uh, photos going back, you know, probably 20 years stored in there. I've got my music collection stored in there as well. That's actually not all that big when it comes down to it. And then I've got kind of quite a lot of documents and PDFs and reports, all of which actually can start adding right. up quite yeah. quickly. So, but again, I'm I'm nowhere near the limit. Um, and I find it difficult to understand unless you're storing <laughs> yeah. large amounts of video, how you get there. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you're you are an absolutely typical heavy duty power user of OneDrive, and as expected, you're you're significantly you're six times under the limit. And and presumably, if if you ever got anywhere near the limit, you'd find it fairly simple. Go in and just do a bit of judicious, judicious pruning. So I, I as you as you say, the if anyone to go over a terabyte, a terabyte for goodness sake, it's a phenomenal amount of space. For anyone to go over a terabyte, they've got to be doing something absolutely crazy, something which Microsoft didn't intend, and which no one. In the right mind should be doing anyway unless they're simply trying to you know take the proverbial p out of microsoft's offering i i would perhaps go that far because i could see in time getting towards the one terabyte limit and if i was storing a lot of video on there that would you know certainly be easy to i, I guess i would say OneDrive probably isn't really best suited for that um partly because of the performance and getting files up there in the first place but that's another yeah. issue um but also you know uh, if you're storing large amounts of video you're probably doing it for professional reasons unless you're you know got a whole load of uh, torrented content and you know, that we're starting to get towards the <laughs> edge of use cases i guess um, and i'd actually say you know go and do something like a, an amazon s3 bucket and actually there's ways to do it quite economically so uh, the the one thing i would say is i wish there was a way of uh, purchasing more content and kind of I hope by the time I get towards that, which might happen, I don't know, you speculate, you go, well, 10 years time, could I have a, that big archive of content, especially with the way camera resolutions are going up and documents always seem to be getting, getting bigger. I'd like a way to buy more space. I guess that will come in time. So that, that's that one. I think probably the next one we should address very briefly is kind of whether is this uh, pricing tiers. Uh, I think it's 50 and 100 gigabytes, it, yeah. or is it 100 and 200? Anyway. It was 100 and 200. It's now going down to a 50 right. gigabyte plan for $2 a month, which is about £1.40 a month in from early 2016, which I think is actually still reasonably good value. Yeah, I, th I think the value is still pretty good. Uh, the fact that people are on the limits, um, you know, almost uh, 100 and 200 plans now can keep them is great. It, it strikes me as a bit strange to kind of not have more options than 50 gigabyte, but if you find you go, if you're willing to start paying for it, actually go for Office 365. I do think it's fantastic value. You get the one terabyte, you get the Office apps, you get kind of 30 minutes of Skype calling. So fair enough. Yeah. And, and to me, that feels like the right way to do it. I can't believe it would make that much difference. So it's a bit strange, but okay, fair enough there. Um, yeah, again, you might annoy a few people. Then let's talk about the kind of the free option which has dropped from 15 gigabyte to five gigabytes that dropping in of itself i don't have too much of a problem with it's already dropped from 25 to 15 uh, a while back what i certainly do have a problem with is the fact that all the existing users are yeah. being impacted by this there is no grandfathering clause and honestly it seems a ridiculous thing uh, to do because i would be willing to bet that not all that many people are using all of that space 
and you know the goodwill that you squander and, and frankly the kind of uh, you know, people will refer to this as typical microsoft bait and switch and to be fair you know, microsoft isn't the only one who's done this kind of thing in the cloud storage space so I, I find it difficult to get really worked up and i think part of the kind of volume of the responses is because it's microsoft and people see it being a, a bad guy but honestly no excuse for this it's a really poor decision uh, and strikes me it's absolutely crazy yeah, the, the current and new are the exact phrasing from Microsoft's blog post. As you say, if they'd said, okay, from now on, any new Microsoft account users, we're signing people up to our wonderful ecosystem, Windows 10, all of that, they're you know, acquiring Microsoft accounts, by all means, five gigabytes free. No one would have complained. Absolutely no one complained about well. that. But, well, okay, a few power users, but the power users have already got Microsoft accounts, Rafe. What yeah. then to, to be to say to people, and the average person, let's face it, probably does have um, seven gigabytes, 12 gigabytes, something in that yeah. region, maybe a bit more if they've had some of these various bonuses that I was talking about in the article. Maybe they're up to 20 gigabytes or so. But to have them suddenly drop by 10 gigabytes, that's a big chunk. And that will actually impact a lot of people. They'll have to start going into their accounts and over this 90-day grace period, gradually either pruning their stuff or then signing up for one of the plans. And let's face it, an awful lot of people will think, oh, blow this for a game of soldiers. They've messed me around too much. I'm going off to Dropbox. And I I think that's the point. There are alternative options out there. And as it stood before, Microsoft OneDrive was actually one of the best ones in terms of the generosity of the free level, which perhaps tells you why they may be having to to roll it back a bit. But as I say, I would have put a grandfathering clause in here. I also think removing the 15 gigabyte for the camera roll just seems a bit bit petty. And actually, it's going to mean people aren't going to turn on that auto upload, particularly when they're signing up to OneDrive for the first time on Android or iOS. And I always thought that was quite a good, clever way to get people into OneDrive to kind of acquire new customers. Um, I, sh- I suppose, you know, Microsoft looking at it in a, a positive way has given or is going to give all these people uh, a year of Office 365 personal, but that's only going to last a year. Um, actually, it's, you know, it's a pretty good deal in that, in that sense, but they've been giving it away with a lot of things, kind of devices that you can buy for around the so 80 to 100 pound market. So, you know, I'm sure Microsoft's response to this would be, oh, yes, we're, this extra space is going away quite quickly, but look, aren't we nice? We're going to give you Office 365, but that is for just a single year. The cynic in me can't help but think you know, that's they're trying to get people onto the paying tier and you know, a year's grace is you know, not that, not that great. Although I suppose in that sense, it does give people a bit more time to sort things out. But as you say, it is going to make people look elsewhere. And if I'm honest, I think actually five gigabytes as the free level is probably not enough these days. Um, you know, Microsoft has worked very hard to get, you know, make OneDrive attractive. And a lot of that is taken away. You know, 15 gigabytes put it ahead of a lot of its competitors in terms of, you know, what you got free for a Dropbox, for example, or for copy. Um, or, you know, and Google's being quite generous in the kind of its free tiers. And again, it has many more paid options in terms of at, at different levels. So it, it just strikes me as, you know, as I say, the, the first, the first two, I kind of go, yeah, actually not, not that big a deal. Actually dropping it kind of annoying. Um, but the really serious thing here is the grandfathering. And as you say, I actually think perhaps the biggest issues of all are the way this has been communicated and, Maybe it was just a poorly worded blog post, but saying it's all about the you know, abuse by people who are using more than a terabyte strikes yeah. me. It's just, I mean, people can tell that it's not true because, you know, there's all these people quite happily using it exactly as they're meant to between five and 15 or five and 25 gigabytes, depending on, you know, when you came into the service. So, you know, it's a bit of Microsoft shooting itself in the foot. And I think possibly the bigger problem here is, 
it means people won't trust Microsoft for kind of consumer cloud services because they're going to go, well, what's to stop them changing the things under my feet yet again? And to me, that almost seems more serious than any of, any of the actual impact of the announcement. And there were people thinking you'd be apologising for Microsoft's actions. and uh, well, <laughs> I think you're pretty, pretty fair. Uh, to, to be completely balanced about this, now, I recognise that there's a lot of annoyed people, and um, I'm not one of them because I survived to Office 365 and I'm not really impacted on this in any way, but I have recommended OneDrive to friends who I know will be affected by this but it is also worth remembering that you know, these aren't run as kind of you know for the non-profits or for the greater good you know microsoft is yeah. looking to make money out of these services and if it has to adjust the model to do that well it's going to have to do that now are there ways to do this um better yeah we've kind of already said the communication was bad and there should have been a grandfathering clause um but they may not care that much about it and it is interesting that the most voluble criticisms have come from those who are the free account holders who aren't Office 365 subscribers. I suspect a lot of people in Microsoft won't care all that much about those people. I mean, it has looked to try and make money off the free tiers from advertising. And that's what all those Bing apps were about and the advertising in those and obviously the advertising on Bing as well. But it does feel under Saturn Adela that there has been more of a move towards subscription services and you know office 365 and you can see the same thing in terms of music and some of the xbox services as well you know i honestly think those subscriptions offer fantastic value for money compared to what you know i would be paying previously you know i have bought office in the past at, at full price i've paid for cloud storage so the fact i pay basically 80 pounds or so a year get office on five computers get so my cloud storage completely sorted out get some skype calling minutes you know, I'm completely satisfied and I'm probably the sort of customer that Microsoft wants, which will very predictably pay out that amount of money a year. Is it less interested in people who are looking for a free ride? Yeah, probably from a purely from a financial point of view. And so you know, that's, if you like, the apologist way of looking at things that, you know, Microsoft is a commercial organization and it's presumably looked at this very carefully, run the models and run the numbers against it. And I do suspect that the number of people getting really irate about this are probably people who didn't like Microsoft very much in the first place. And there's a lot of people who will probably, you know, pile on to give Microsoft a good kicking, even when they're not really using OneDrive. They're not really going to be a Windows uh, phone or Windows 10 mobile user. Now, in all of that, there are definitely some people who are heavy users who have been impacted by this. And actually, I think probably there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who did what I did and recommended it to friends and family because it was you know the best cloud storage solution and feel frankly a bit betrayed by this because you know there's been this row back on the free offering it's down to five gigabytes there's no grandfathering and you can't help but feel very cheesed off and you know i'm exactly in that category at the same time i'm sort of hard-headed enough to realize there is actually a financial component to you you said it right at the beginning you know clouds cloud storage doesn't come free uh, to microsoft just because it's sort of giving it free to us so you know it has to be paid for somehow and it has to be done in a, a sustainable way as well so that's kind of perhaps trying trying to provide uh, all perspectives but um, i suspect yeah. this one will continue to run a bit it's interesting the way that's always kind of worth looking at when you when you do this is what would have happened if another company had announced this and done it this way? I think they would have been in, given just as much criticism. Would it have been quite so harsh and continuous? I, I think that comes back to the trust issue. And Microsoft had done a really good job of actually building that back up and being seen as a good citizen. And in many people's eyes, this will just 
reconfirm the fact that it's yeah. you know a leopard can't change its spots i, I honestly think it's unfair because we've seen other companies do the same thing you know we've seen google retire reader for example and personally for me that was a much bigger impact and much much more annoying and you know, if i was sort of going to be really guided by that as a way of thinking about the brands and the companies I follow. That was the thing that would have really turned me off Google, but I recognized it was a business decision. And it, and it's the same for this with yeah. Microsoft. But yeah, you, you can't help but think they that they need to do it so regularly, shoot themselves in the foot <laughs> when it comes to communicating things. They obviously seem to have inherited that ability from their acquisition of Nokia's device and services division, because this one's a pretty spectacular own goal in my view. Yes, every single site we start, Rafe, at, at Symbian and now Windows Phone and Nokia and then Microsoft, <laughs> and we still keep seeing, witnessing these acts of self-mutilation. It's quite, quite dis- dis- disappointing. And th- th- what I would have done if I was Microsoft, I would have, by all means, put out the same figures and the same restrictions. But I would have prefaced it by not by mentioning abusers. That maybe that's a footnote. I'd have actually talked about the the, the number of server farms they had, the cost of running them, the number of staff manning them, the the, the, the thick cables of high bandwidth going into them, and saying, okay well we we were very generous and we think we did a good thing for the industry but the costs are costs and we realize that the num sums aren't going to add up we're going to have to scale back we're very sorry about this and we'll of course think about raising them again in the future if the sums change but this is a business decision as you've just been saying they should have been upfront if they'd been upfront and honest i don't think half if not 80 percent of the fiorari would have gone away um and just just a few power users complaining as it is everyone can see through this transparent veil of deception for want of a better word uh, and and I would add to that, they should have provided an option that if you wanted to keep using that amount of space, provide, you know, an appropriately priced option. The fact that they're doing, you know, the 50 gigabyte plan for one ninety nine a month, you know, could they not have come up with something that allowed you to pay maybe, <laughs> you know, $5 for the year and keep your 25 gigabytes of space? Yeah. It, it doesn't strike me as that would be impossible to do. And actually it might you know, I, I'm actually a big believer in paying for services that you use and find useful. Um, and I recognize for some people that's not always going to be possible, but it would satisfy a lot more people. And, uh, you know, $199 uh, a month or talking, I guess, you know, $24 a year. And that's, I, I guess that's going to equate to about £20 or so. That seems a very reasonable amount to pay for, you know, compared to what Dropbox price used to be, for example. So, you know, it's not the objection for free and pay and all of that. It's just the way it, it's been handled. And you do, you can't help but shake your head a little bit. Um, I, I would say some of the commentary around this seems to have been a little bit vitriolic just because it is Microsoft. And, you know, as I said, the leopard changing spots, which you know, people talk about it very emotionally. And I think that's just, you, you can't really subscribe, you know, put those kind of human reactions and feelings onto a corporation they're making it you know through hard-headed financial decisions um do they always get that right no i mean i think that's that's equally true about any company but uh yeah very interesting one this and uh you know there's been a little bit of commentary and i want to get your thoughts on this steve around you know devaluing OneDrive is actually bad for windows as a whole i mean would you agree with that you know because it was something that was seen as a positive attribute about windows and sort of windows phone in a sense and certainly for power users people listening to this podcast readers of our site i'm sure these things have an impact um i have every all of this is really put in a context though of the fact that uh most 
users don't read our site, Shock, shocking as that may seem. And, and, and most people aren't like us. Most people don't read the same blogs and the same Twitter, well, the same Twitter feeds. For most people, they just see their Windows 10 on, uh, Windows 8 and Windows 7 on their desktops and laptops getting upgraded. They see Windows phones around. They see the new Windows 10 mobile phones about to appear. They see their existing phones getting upgraded. And all of this is pretty seamless. And they're not using tens of gigabytes and more in, in the in in OneDrive, and if they ever hit a problem, they'll probably well, they do something. They'd have a sort out of their old photos, and they wouldn't put quite so much music up there. In fact, I would even say that the Groove Music, which is another big factor, of course, that people have started putting all their music up in OneDrive and accessing it by the Groove Music streaming. I bet that only one percent, if only maybe one tenth of one percent of Windows Phone users actually do that because they don't actually know how to do it. You know, you have to be a bit of a power user to get the music up there in the first place. So. I do think, in putting it all into context, I don't think this is as big of a thing as most of us are making it, but it's still very galling to be part of it and to have to commentate on it, and after all the <laughs> good things Microsoft have done, to see them shooting themselves in the foot, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think actually you're absolutely right to make that comment. You know, it's sort of storming a teacup, and you do have to remember the vast majority of people who are using service probably won't even notice, and it, that was kind of in the Microsoft blog post, you know, when it, it intimated that, there are very few people going over the limits anyway and talking about the average size and things like that. Um, but of course, the people who do complain about it and do, you know, tell their friends about it, you know, it's always those are the influencers. And so I, I do think it potentially has an impact on how they will then talk about Windows. I think in the desktop sense, maybe less, but, you know, given the relative space restrictions on mobile, OneDrive was actually seen as a way of, you know, solving that problem, especially for some of the devices with smaller capacities. Um, you know, for things like photos and music, you know, there was this kind of idea that you would never have to worry about taking your photos off your phone manually because, you know, you could just have them back up to OneDrive and there's enough space that it's very unlikely you'd ever have to worry about that in a meaningful way. You could delete them from your phone, no problem. Now, of course, you can still do that, but you will at some point, you know, if you're staying on the free tier, probably have to download the photos from OneDrive onto a PC <laughs> and all the extra steps. And it just doesn't feel quite as seamless and mobile first and cloud first as Nadella would no doubt say uh, as it should be and I know personally I think my um, photos in my camera roll are something like 22 gigabytes of space now and that's that's over you know I guess three or four years of having them being automatically uploaded and I can certainly see in a, a few more years that will double again um, and so you know that that immediately gets outside the, the paid offering ultimately though as I say I think most people are going to be going yeah, I get enough. And yes, it's not unreasonable to ask me to pay if I want to have, have a bit more. Yeah. But yeah, as I say, communications and grandfathering clause would go a long way to making this uh, storm in a teacup be just a nice gentle ripple in a teacup. Yeah, and of course, they could also hire you or me as PR consultants. I think we might have uh, saved them some goodwill. Um, I think your your suggestion, even you know, a dollar a month for 25 gigabyte a year, I mean, that, that sounds eminently reasonable. And that would have kept people exactly the same level as they are at the moment for uh, you know, $12 a year. What's that? Seven or eight pounds. That is absolutely nothing for anyone. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's well, the way they should have gone. And if you think most people have paid quite a bit for their phone and they're paying quite a bit for a monthly service for yeah. you know a thing that you're benefiting from month in month out I, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect to, to pay for it i mean this in the digital space we've seen this whole rise of uh, freemium and we've all benefited from it but uh, i think we also need to recognize there are limits to what can be done with that and i think this is a, a classic example of that you know that yeah. probably the interesting thing is in 
five years' time, I think those limits will go up, or maybe sooner than that, because obviously it's it's all the stuff around Moore's Law and storage gets less expensive over time. Um, but yeah, I guess getting the sums wrong in the first place has caused them a bit of a, a PR storm. How serious it is, uh, I think actually you're right to sort of identify it as perhaps being probably uh, louder within the echo chamber of kind of Twitter and some of the social commentary spaces and within the you know, dedicated Windows community than perhaps it should be. But it doesn't send a great message. And as I said, to me, the, the most serious thing of this is not actually the event itself. It's people will not trust Microsoft with their kind of personal cloud and consumer services in, in quite the same way. And they squandered a lot of goodwill that they built up over the last couple of years. Yeah. So is it a question for the listeners out there, which of us has been the bigger apologist, Rafe or myself? I really am not sure. I think we've both seen it from both angles and maybe that's the best and less biased and, and fairest way to look at things. We must move on, Rafe. We've got Indeed. plenty more to get through and uh, something slightly uh, controversial in a sense and that I've been benchmarking Windows 10 Mobile, uh, the very latest build, against Windows 10, uh, Windows Phone 8.1 Update 1 on exactly the same hardware. And I've done this by virtue of having two Lumia 1020s, both with the older Snapdragon S4 processor. So, so basically standing in for the 920, the 925, that generation. Um, and the results are qu- quite staggering, really, uh, up to twice as long for most, a lot of common operations. And I was doing, you know, general day-to-day operation. These weren't benchmarking utilities. These were things people would do every day. For example, opening up mail, opening up Skype, opening up Cortana. And if you add, if you actually add in the number of seconds taken over uh, Windows 10 Mobile build 10581 compared to the old-fashioned ye olde Windows Phone 8.1, it's almost twice as long. Um, now, this is a this is a big deal. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I must have another data point. I can't just use the old 1020 just in case there's something weird about that. So I thought, well, I'll try something. It's not top of the range. There's no point in putting it as a 930 or a 1520 with the Snapdragon 800. It wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be appropriate. But I took the Lumia 830 with the, the Snapdragon 400 series processor, which is kind of equivalent in terms of these, you know, the Qualcomm range, the S4, old S4. Um, and again, with Windows 10 Mobile build 10581. And I got results much closer to the performance of the 1020 with Windows Phone 8.1. And if I'm honest, if I'm thinking about how fast the 8.30 was on Windows Phone 8.1, it wasn't that different. I, and in other words, my, the, the bottom line for the, my whole article, and go off and read the article for the table, it's in my comments, is that if you've got an older device, I'm thinking things like the, the, the 20 series, 520, 620, 720, 820, 925, 1020, with the S4 processors, then you are going to be hit. If you, if you do upgrade to the US, you will get the new functions, the new grown-up apps, but you will pay a price in terms of responsiveness and the speed at which things happen. So you may actually want to stay on 8.1, something I've been saying for a while, if you've got particular hardware. But if you've got any device with a, in a 30 series or beyond, so that, you know, 630, 640, 730, 735, 830, 930, etc., then with the Snapdragon X100 range of processors, then I think you'll be absolutely fine. I think Microsoft has been coding for the last two years now to optimize everything for this X100 series processors. We noticed this first when they started re- redoing Skype, and I noticed it was far snappier um, and far more optimized on these newer processors. And I think the the whole of Windows 10 Mobile, uh, the way it's come down to the ARM chips, is again, op- it's been optimized at every stage to work smoothly on the newer processors. So, uh, yes, yeah, so old, older phones, older processors, be careful, wear it all up before you jump. Anything with a, a 3.0 or 4.0 at the end of your model name, then yes, absolutely jump right, and I think you'll be uh, having quite a quick experience. 
Yeah, it's a really interesting one, this. And of course, um, and we've had this comment in the caveats, there are stuff around, you know, the Windows 10 mobile build not being final. I honestly feel that it's probably close enough that you can at least start yeah. to draw some conclusions. I would expect some improvements in the kind of the, the final versions. Um, but will it be, you know, really dramatic, big differences? It, it seems unlikely. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head when you sort of said the amount of kind of tuning or tweaking for each processor family kind of decreases the further back you go. And so something like the 830, which is, if you like, one step back on the, on the hardware family, as are most of the devices now on sale and the ones have been on sale for the last year, um, you're going to be pretty much fine. And I would suggest actually by the time that does come around, I, I suspect there'll be very little difference. I think um, you, you had the kind of total time of 84 for the 1020. It'll be interesting what the 830 would do um, yeah. if you ran it on Windows 8. I suspect actually it'll be pretty similar to that. Um yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit quicker because, you know, uh, there were some improvements between the S4 and the 400. But based on, um, having looked, we've done some of these benchmarks in the past and actually the, those two chipset families perform very similarly. And of course, the tuning for those was different on 8.1. Um, so if, if they come close together, I think that's fine. As you say, also, you know, with the testing, you can never be absolutely sure. And it's interesting. There are some areas where things are notably quicker. So I thought, um, you know, the web browsing is a good example of that and that's mainly thanks to edge and there are some things where it, you know it, it it slips back and thought it was interesting to see that on the mapping and um you know on the boot up as well the boot up is one of those areas where i think it will improve in the the final release because i'm sure there's some kind of testing and monitoring stuff that gets loaded in there but in one sense i was kind of surprised there wasn't you know a bigger difference uh, for the 830 and, and the 1020, because you kind of expect there to be. I think we kind of got used to Windows Phone having really great performance. And so it's a bit of a, uh, a surprise when you come back and find, actually, there is something you can see. There are patterns you can pick up on. Um, but I suppose it's probably worth relating this to updates on other platforms. And certainly, I think iOS is a bit notorious for, you know, you put the latest version onto an older device, it's not quite as quick. And so we should really expect to see this. And as you say, you kind of have to make a careful consideration whether it's it's worth upgrading. Uh, further, you know, any of the S4 era devices, of which you know the 1020 is one, but also things like the uh, the 920, for example, yeah. and those kind of first generation Windows Phone 8.1 devices or eight as it was then, I would be wary of doing it. Um, I suspect those kind of users may be less interesting upgrade and. Actually, it's probably time to up upgrade your phone because we're talking two or even three years in some cases there. So it, it's probably not a thing that will make people happy. But I would say, you know, a typical life of a smartphone now is probably about three years before you can expect the software updates to significantly slow down your phone. And certainly that's the evidence from the Android and the iOS world. And in the Android world, actually, it's probably yeah. uh, even shorter than that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, really interesting, insightful article. I guess it would be worth rerunning some of these once there's a, a release version out. Um, and it's yeah. interesting to note that um, some of the the apps did actually, you know, opening those apps seem to be the biggest biggest culprits um, moving around the system itself, still the speed. So I do wonder whether there's just a room for a bit of improvement there. Um, because I suspect there is quite a bit of monitoring code left in there, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, a really fascinating article. Yeah, you made a good point there, and I wanted to emphasise that. I, I was deliberately having to find things 
uh, within the, the the smartphone interface, which actually took enough time that I could time them. You know, there's no <laughs> point in saying, oh, well, this took 0.38 seconds and that took 0.47 seconds. This, this makes no difference in real life. You actually have to look out for things that, that actually take multiple numbers of seconds that make it worth timing. And there aren't, there aren't that many that we've said all, all along, the, along the way from the very earliest days of Windows Phone that it's a pretty snappy interface in terms of the, 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 the speed at which things happen when you tap on them. In other words, the responsiveness. Okay, some things might take five or six seconds to launch if they're a particularly heavyweight app or heavyweight computation, but the speed at which it responds was always pretty snappy, especially under Windows Phone 8.1. I think Windows 10 Mobile isn't quite there in terms of that, but that that those fine-tuning, the snappiness, I think that will come over the last the Indeed. last few builds. So uh, maybe my benchmarks paint rather a poor picture on the older processors. There's still a lot of fun to be had for these older phones with Windows 10 Mobile, and you will get to play with new functions, new features, and new applications. And I, I, I you also mentioned some of these phones are now getting quite old. It's, it's entirely possible that people, say, running, for example, a 520 or a 620 or even, a heaven forbid, a 920, that these sort of three-year-old phones, they, they may not actually be people's daily, I won't say daily drive, we're not allowed to use that phrase, and we're a UK <laughs> podcast. Well, they're not people's main machines anymore. They probably are secondary machines, play machines, or even handed down to a partner or a, t- a teenage son or daughter or an elderly relative or so, whoever, and they won't, they, they won't be too bothered about the exact speed. They may not be too bothered about the to Windows 10 Mobile in the first place. So uh, I, I don't think any of this is a huge problem. And certainly anyone who's bought a phone in the last year or so, typically people listen, listening to this are Lumia 735, 830, 930 or 1520 or Lumia Icon. All of those people are going to get the upgrade and they'll see very similar performance and with the better applications. So I, I don't think there's any real negative to be taken away from the article. Yeah, and I, I do want to pick up on what you said there in terms of better applications. One of the things we should probably make clear is it's not actually comparing like with like in a lot of cases. Uh, some of these apps have got new features or been rewritten from the ground up as universal apps. Now, you'd hope that in most cases that would improve performance, but allowing for the fact that some of those have new features or deeper integration or doing something a bit different, actually, you would expect a, a performance change because it, it's just doing more. And you know, in theory, at least, it should uh, it should mean that it should take more time because actually the underlying hardware hasn't changed. What does seem to be the case from this is on the whole, Windows 10 Mobile may have a slight hit on performance on the older devices, which then, of course, has a knock-on effect on the apps. But all in all, uh, and certainly this has been my observation when using kind of the various insider versions, that you know it's still going to have a reputation for being pretty snappy and pretty speedy. Um, and so, you know, uh, Calendar is probably a good example of that, as is Mail, which have been very significantly reworked from their Windows Phone 8.1 versions. And Mail, for example, is now a, a more complex application um, in terms of the way it does the previewing of emails and what it's capable of. And you would say the same thing about the Office applications, for example. Um, so it, it, taking nothing away from the article, Steve, I just think um, you're probably right that actually the baseline figures probably make it seem worse than it, it, it actually is. But that's why we like to do these kind of features, because actually yeah. it gives you a chance to have a think about these issues, which don't always get covered elsewhere and actually probably have a real impact on how you use your phone on a day-to-day basis. 
Yeah, absolutely. I did have one other big feature idea, but I think I'm going to hold that for the next podcast, Rafe. And that was uh, when will my Windows phone be upgraded to Windows 10 Mobile, which I thought was probably a, a bit of an FAQ in the smartphone world and will carry on being an FAQ for the next couple of months. So it's not really time sensitive. But uh, I, I did a, a kind of a coloured table and we'll come to that in the next podcast. And maybe things will have changed or been tweaked since this particular podcast. But do look out for that. And it gives us something to chat about that's quite meaty for, for next Tuesday. Um, I uh, Very, very briefly before we finish, Windows 10 Mobile, I say build 10581, which I mentioned earlier, is out. It's faster, it's slicker, and it brings basically everyone up to date because even Mr. Rafe Blandford, who didn't go do all the reverting to 8.1, <laughs> presumably you've been able to upgrade a couple of your phones to the new build. I haven't quite got round to it yet. Oh, come on, Rafe. I know, I know. I've been, been terrible. It's been a busy few days, which is actually why this uh, podcast is coming out a day later than usual. But it is going to make it very easy for me to update. And I do have my 1520 and my uh, broadband standing by to have a go at that tonight. <sighs> I know. It's just not good enough, is it? And with that sigh, I think we'll call a halt to this podcast. There's plenty to chat about next week. We will be back on Tuesday, hopefully. Until then, I shall say goodbye. And it's goodbye from me as well. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>